Brazil has miserably failed in its half-hearted attempt to contain the coronavirus. In five months, the country recorded almost 3 million infections and nearly 100,000 deaths. And the spread of the disease shows no signs of slowing down. Data journalist Aline Gato Buero showed on the Brazilian report that there is a significant chance of a second wave in Amazon states, the first to see their health systems collapse back in March. Ironically, however, the fact that the coronavirus spread is still very much active in Brazil means that the country could be one of the first in the world to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. There are about 200 potential vaccines being developed in the world, but only a handful have reached the phase of advanced clinical trials, and two are being tested in Brazil, with the possibility of a third arriving soon. And that could be a game-changer for the country. This week, we talk about where Brazil fits in the race for a COVID-19 vaccine. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is the Explaining Brazil podcast. Fernando Spilke is the president of the Brazilian Society of Virology and a member of the advisory board at the U.S.-based organization Dimension Sciences. He's also the coordinator of a Brazilian network for sequencing the SARS-CoV-2 genome, which is carried out under the umbrella of the Brazilian Science and Technology Ministry. Dr. Spilke, thanks for joining us. But before we talk about how we could head out of the pandemic, I'd like to ask you to assess the current state of things. How would you assess Brazil's fight against the coronavirus so far? That's that's sad to say, but the pandemic has been very hard in, in Brazil from the very beginning. We are now the second most affected country in, in the world. Uh, we only are losing this for the United States. And um, even though the situation is, is somehow stabilizing in some of the Brazilian regions, Right now, at the southern and in the central western part of Brazil, we we still have an expanding epidemic, and uh, a lot of uh, people are now still getting infected, and many people are also dying in these places. Um, we have been dealing with this crisis for at least 150 days. That's that's very sad. This is. Uh, the double of, or the triple of the time when other countries which, which have better coordination of how to deal with this uh, virus were already returning to, to normal. That's, that's awful for, not only for the health of the people, but also for the, the economy. And I'm, I'm sad to say that we probably still have at least two or, or three months ahead of us in this uh, struggle against the virus. Is that why Brazil was chosen as a testing ground for potential vaccines? Well, certainly to test a vaccine against a disease with this, um, this type of emergency that we have, uh, we need to carry this, uh, this kind of tests in, in populations that are 
really exposed to to the virus. Um, this is this is necessary to to access whether the vaccinated people are actually being protected against the infection and the, and the, the clinical uh, aspects of the, the virus. So at this point, unfortunately, as I was saying before, Brazil is an ideal place to, to do that since the virus continues to, to circulate here at very high levels with an, a lot of people being exposed uh, daily to, to the virus. Right. So a vaccine developed by British-Swedish lab uh, AstraZeneca and the University of Oxford has caused an immune response against COVID-19, according to new research involving around 1,000 patients. The vaccine is currently being tested in a group of volunteers in Sao Paulo in a trial organized by the Federal University of Sao Paulo. But there is another potential vaccine which was developed by the Chinese lab Sinovac Biotech, which has also arrived in Sao Paulo. Tests will be initially administered to health workers in five states and then on 9,000 volunteers. So can you tell us a little bit about which is the potential of these vaccines being tested in Brazil and what do we know about them thus far? Well, uh, I, I would say that all the, the the vaccines that are in in a, in a higher level of uh, development uh, right now, these that are the most advanced in terms of testing in the whole world are, are being now tested also in Brazil. We we have uh, a lot of people being exposed, and so you could. Uh, test uh, the efficacy of the vaccine uh, this way in our country, unfortunately, actually. And um, in addition, fortunately, we have also some uh, uh, researchers, Brazilian researchers doing their own initiatives to, to, to have also uh, Brazilian-made uh, vaccines uh, to, to this virus. So, at least at this very moment, the, 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 we, we have some support from, from the government to, to, to try to do this uh, kind of uh, research and innovation in our country. Sao Paulo Governor João Doria talked about the possibility of having the Chinese vaccine, which his state brought to Brazil, uh, available in health units by January 2021. Is that realistic? I particularly think that because of all the steps that are still needed ahead of us to to test these vaccines and plus the the production of enough vaccine batches um, to cover the, the the amount of people that we need to 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 vaccinate, I believe that this deadline has to be extended for a few more months. Um, but of course, the urgency of the process can can accelerate some of this. The idea of a vaccine is being treated like a holy grail that will allow us to go back to our normal lives. But should we be tempering our expectations? I mean, life won't just go back to normal instantly, is it? How often do first-generation vaccines nail a home run right off the bat? Exactly. 
for a complete return to normality, we, we have to think that it will not only count the fact that uh, rig vaccinations will be required for the same individual, but um, that an important uh, amount of people, probably above uh, 70% of the general population may be vaccinated uh, um, in order to really reduce the, the circulation of SARS-CoV-2 to safe levels. Then until this moment, probably the use of masks, uh, restriction of major events and uh, gathering of people will be reality working together with the, the vaccination. But a recent study showed that three out of four COVID-19 infections in Brazil were provoked by just three strains of the coronavirus. That is good news, right? The, the, the diversity of the virus is not so large that this will be a, a challenge or, or hamper vaccination efforts in, in, in any sense. That's, that's good news. Right. So when the vaccine is finally available, how should we expect the vaccination campaign happening? Uh, how covered would Brazil be? Well, that's, that's a difficult question. I really hope that uh, the vaccination will be as massive as possible. This virus circulates uh, very widely in the adult uh, population, and we know that uh, teenagers and uh, young adults also transmit the virus at times in, in the absence of symptoms. So. It will not be possible to vaccinate, for example, only the elderly. So that's that's a major challenge. We'll have to have uh, the vaccination of uh, a lot of uh, Brazilians. You know that uh, seventy percent of Brazilians will be something like uh, one hundred and forty million people being vaccinated twice in a year. That's that's a challenge. Thank you, Dr. Spilkey. After the break, we discuss the politics surrounding the COVID-19 vaccine. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro, and you are listening to the Explaining Brazil podcast. Are you looking to connect with institutional investors in Brazil? then you should seek out the good people at AMEC, the Brazilian Association of Investors in Capital Markets. AMEC brings together around 60 asset managers and pension funds from Brazil and abroad, which have a combined portfolio of over $130 billion. AMEC works to support minority shareholders' rights by fostering governance and stewardship principles that strengthen the market as a whole. Plus, they have lots of content that will help you stay up to date with what is happening on Brazilian markets. And we know you like high-quality content from insiders because you're listening to Explaining Brazil. See more at Amec Brazil, and that's Brazil with an S, .org.br. That's Amec Brazil, again, with an S, .org.br.
At this point, the whole world has its fingers crossed for a vaccine, but getting a chemical formula that is proving effective in neutralizing the virus is just the beginning. After a vaccine is produced, governments must then get their hands on it in what will surely be a cutthroat dispute. We only have to go back a few months for an insight on how these vaccine scraps will be, like when countries, states, and cities were outbidding each other for masks, personal protective equipment, and ventilators. All sorts of maneuvers will pull to obtain much-needed equipment. One episode that happened in Brazil is a quite telling example. The northeastern state of Maranhão pulled off a, quote, war operation to buy 100 ventilators and 200,000 masks from China. Two previous attempts to purchase materials were intercepted by Germany and the U.S., and another attempt to buy domestically made ventilators was blocked by Brazil's federal government, which requested them for national use. So the state government of Maranhão pulled a stunt that was borderline illegal, having the equipment sent to Ethiopia before flying it directly home. Ewan show hi. Will this kind of shenanigans happen with the vaccine? Hi, Gustavo. Well, it's hard to tell, uh, but you can imagine it will be a bit of a dog-eat-dog world once we do have a vaccine ready. And look, at the moment, we have no guarantee whatsoever that any of the advanced vaccines will work. You know, and over 1.3 billion doses have already been snapped up by several countries, such as the US, the European Union, the UK and Japan. Um, The UK, for example, they secured three separate deals with Pfizer, AstraZeneca and GSK for almost 200 million doses, despite the country only having a population of 66 million. (laughs) Even Brazil has talked about a deal to buy around 30 million doses of the Oxford vaccine, with the possibility of expanding that number to 100 million by next year, but nothing has been decided yet. And this is before we even know if any of these vaccines work. Meanwhile, Russia is saying that they have a vaccine that has been tested and could be given to people as early as October, but we have to wait and see how that evolves. And it's not like we haven't seen this film before, right? Like in 2009, during the swine flu pandemic, when rich countries monopolized the supply of treatments and poor countries saw themselves pushed back to the end of the line. The swine flu officially killed 18,000 people, but there's one study estimating more than half of a million of possible deaths, including a, quote, disproportionate number in Africa and Southeast Asia. Yeah, that's right. 2009 kind of showed us that this utopian view that countries would give vaccines away before satisfying their own needs, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit unrealistic. And in this case, things could be even worse because of how crippling this pandemic has been on the economy. So it's not only going to be a matter of health, but countries are desperately needing the vaccine in order to protect their workers and establish production and consumption. Not to mention the geopolitical aspect of it, right? The arms race of the Cold War between the US and the Soviet Union has now been replaced by a dispute to see who gets the first vaccine. The Americans or the Chinese? Yeah, and that dispute has led both superpowers to back out of multilateral efforts to develop a vaccine. They are, you know, catering to their own self-interests instead. Right, and coming back to Brazil, 
there's also the politics of the vaccine at a local level, right? Because the Oxford vaccine is being conducted by federal institutions, while the Chinese vaccine has come to Brazil via the Sao Paulo state government. And that U.S.-China dispute locally could be translated into a fight between President Jair Bolsonaro and Sao Paulo Governor João Doria to see who brought the vaccine to Brazil first and who saved the people from what is already the single deadliest event in Brazilian history, burning, of course, slavery and colonization. Yeah, it's going to be quite a big fight. You've got the Jair Bolsonaro administration adopting an increasingly anti-China stance, even you know ridiculing the Sinovac vaccine. Uh, meanwhile, João Doria is telling any journalist who puts a microphone in front of his face that the Sao Paulo vaccine will be available to the public in January, which you know many experts are doubtful. As we've mentioned before on the show, the pandemic will determine how politics will evolve. I mean, you know, that's going to be the case everywhere. But in Brazil, the political project of Bolsonaro and Doria and their own personal feud going on, both of these are being put ahead of Brazilians' needs. By the way, we do have a couple of research projects for a Brazilian-made vaccine, right? Yes, so researchers at the University of Sao Paulo's Heart Institute are conducting animal testing with a potential COVID-19 vaccine based on virus-like particles called VLPs. These have similar characteristics to viral peptides and proteins, but they carry no viral genetic material themselves, thus they are non-infectious. But that vaccine is less advanced than the other ones we talked about. It is, yeah. Still, it is very important for the country to move ahead with its research for a number of different reasons. Uh, The first would be a lack of guarantees that the front-running projects will actually pan out. And also, a homegrown solution could help diminish the problems with distribution that we mentioned earlier. And it's highly probable that the first vaccine made available won't be 100% efficient, especially as the research is happening at such a fast pace. So, you know, it's a matter of sovereignty which could free Brazil from geopolitical disputes in what increasingly looks like a kind of every-man-for-himself type scenario. Meanwhile, we are approaching 3 million cases and almost 100,000 deaths. Yeah, and no signs of slowing down. Ewan, thank you. Thank you, Gustav. If you like explaining Brazil, please rate us with five stars. That will help more people find out about this show. Or you can sign up to the Brazilian Report, which is the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We offer a seven-day free trial, no strings attached, which gives you access to the site for a week without the need to insert any credit card details whatsoever. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro, and we'll see you back here next week.